we got a great show for you tonight. We got Sandra Golding of Mother Daughter Strong. Stay tuned. Talking Junk Network, where entertainment lives. Welcome to Talking Junk. I'm your host, Jason Melendez. Live now every week on Friday. Talking Junk. A multitude of professionals in different aspects, different walks of life. You have to come on and talk junk like a normal person. Tonight's episode is brought to you by the good people at Heaven's Pantry and their Excalibar. Six simple ingredients makes the perfect vegan brownie. Cashews, almonds, cocoa powder, coconut oil, and sea salt are the only ingredients you need throughout your day. Pick up your chocolate energy bar now on Amazon and use the promo code HPSTREET to get 20% off your first order and then talk junk 69 to get 10% off every order after don't miss out get yours today and we are also brought to you by the dizzle brand original premium liqueur this thing is amazing and I stand by my words I say it every episode this stuff mixes with everything it is a liqueur only because it is cognac and tequila mixed with hints of mango margarita, citrus notes. It is the wonderful accent to any drink that you can think of. If you can find something that mixes wrong with Dizzle, hit me up on IG. I'll put my foot in my mouth because <laughs> I'm telling you now, we drink this every single episode. I say this every week. All we do is dizzle all we do is dizzle welcome to talking junk the podcast that comes to you live every friday night i'm your host jason melendez and i got a wonderful guest for you tonight again every week we're gonna come with the the most wonderful guests the most insightful guests to get your uh brain firing on this friday night because what else do you want to do you want to go out and rot your brain or you want to stay here Get this loving for 45 minutes, maybe half an hour, depending on how it goes. You know what I mean? Sometimes we can get the Spitfire information going and get it all to you. Sometimes we take our time. Let's see how it goes. Miss Sandra, how you doing tonight? I'm doing awesome, Jason, and thank you for having me on tonight. No, thank you. I had a cancellation and you were gracious enough to come on the podcast and uh, let us know about what you got going on with uh, Mother Daughter Strong. Uh, well, I'm Sandra Golden. I'm the author of Make It Stop, A Young Woman's Guide to Overcome or Prevent Dating Abuse. I also have a coaching program called Mother Daughter Strong, where I teach mothers how to build strong, solid bonds with their daughters through effective communication. Uh, I'm also a speaker and a consultant. 
So I'm just excited to be here tonight to, to talk about mothers and daughters becoming strong. Now, uh, what came first? Did uh, did you become a life coach first and then write the book or did you write the I book first? I wrote the book first from a life experience. Okay. Uh, I was sexually abused uh, when I was a young girl and then I entered as a teenager into an abusive relationship. And initially I wrote the book uh, to help uh, young women to understand how they could prevent dating abuse. And if they were someone who had been abused, how they could overcome it, some steps to take. Uh, but as I started launching the book, realized that there were no conversations taking place. And that was one of the reasons why some of these things were happening to our uh, little girls, our young women, our teens, uh, was because nobody was talking to them about the things that needed to. Uh, when I launched my book, I talked to a lot of people, uh, especially mothers, who were like, I'm getting the book for my teen daughter. She's getting ready to go to college and I wanted to be prepared. And while some of them had even experienced uh, dating abuse or some form of domestic violence, when I asked, okay, is this going to be, you know, a way that you and your daughter can talk, you can answer questions. They were like, oh, no, I can't tell her that. Oh, no, I'm going to just let her read the book. Well, yeah, you can let her read the book and she can find out, but it's so much more effective if you can be vulnerable with your daughter and have those conversations and try to have them before they get ready to go off to college and everything. Uh, so at that point, I decided to create uh, a program through my experience with my daughters, what helped me to be able to communicate with them and form a bond where we can talk about anything. Uh, and while my kids are adults, I just had my a baby girl who's 26 years old who told me today, it's time for us to have another mother-daughter date so that we do what we want to do. So uh, we still have that bond. I'm still very active in their lives. And I just think in order for you to be there for your daughter to have these important conversations and guide them healthy, um, that you, you have to form that bond. It's more than a relationship. It's a bond because you can have a relationship with anybody. Right. You can. You can form a relationship with a stranger at a bus stop within right. five minutes. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it, it takes it takes a while to 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 form a bond. Now, right. When when did you uh, notice that you had to break away from all of this and create that bond with them, or was it just uh, second nature? Was not second nature. Uh, being a teen mom, because I was a single teen mom um, after exiting an abusive uh, relationship, I realized that at first I needed to heal myself if I wanted to be a, a good mother to my daughter. And I needed to look deep inside for me to determine what led to those things happening to me. Uh, why was I so vulnerable to allowing those things to happen? The feeling afraid to uh, confide in someone about them because I couldn't even tell my parents. My parents never knew. They died never knowing that I had been sexually assaulted or abused as a teenager. Uh, and so I started college for nursing and then decided, ooh, I really need to get over this trauma. I really need to deal with me and look internally. So at that point, I sort of took a hiatus from nursing 
took a year and a half of nothing but psychology classes, uh, talking to uh, professors who were psychologists, counselors, uh, just to try to figure out what was wrong with me and how could I stop it from happening to my daughters. I didn't want to continue with cycle to happen with uh, my little girl that I had. Um, and looking back, there were things that I needed, I yearned for that I didn't get from my parents. Like I had a relationship with my mother, but yet I didn't feel comfortable talking to her about certain things. Um, and in my household, no one ever said, you know, I love you. We It wasn't a touchy, touchy, feely, feely. Yes, they were there. They were present. Uh, they provided. But there were things that I longed for. Uh, right. And there were certain conversations that we just didn't have. And uh, it's not their fault. It's just the no, way they were brought up. Exactly. They they parented it from a place of what they knew because that's probably how they were parented. So it was right. You're a product of your environment. Exactly. Uh, and I get asked that, you know, do you blame your parents? Of course not. They did what they knew to do. Uh, it just wasn't enough for me. Um, and so I wanted to be different. Uh, so I wanted to make sure I told my kids I loved them. I told them uh, how beautiful they were, how smart they was. I built that self-esteem. But it took, it took progress. My oldest daughter, will, she always says to my baby girl, she says, you have different, you have a different mother than what I had because she sort of grew with me and I was learning with her. By the time I had my son, I was a little bit better. And then by the time I had my last child, I was a pro at it. Everything that I had learned along the way through, you know, the psychology courses, talking to those professors and counselors and dealing with things I had, it made me a better mother. But we have a bond. We have more than a relationship. So that's sort of my journey as to how I did it. And I wanted to be able to help other mothers, parents to do the same thing because we don't communicate enough with our kids. We sort of talk to them in passing. So after uh, those psych classes, uh, life coach was just a natural fit. Yeah. Yep, it, how, was. How, it was. How long have you had your practice going? Uh, it's been about a year and a half now. Okay, congratulations. Thanks. Uh, I'm excited about it. You should be. You should be. It's, it's not an easy uh, thing to do, break out on no. your own and just start a, uh, a business it's pretty especially after the pandemic it's it's pretty intimidating so very very but it's worth it it's worth it because if i can help just one mother build that bond with her daughter so that they can communicate effectively with one another they learn the tools to communicate as well as to listen uh then it's all worth it it's all worth it now, what are some tactics that you use uh, to get mothers and daughters to break the ice and to start that uh, communication? Uh, one of the things is the things that I had to practice with my granddaughter because she sort of, uh, she has anxiety attacks. Uh, she likes to be by herself a lot. So what I did with her is I wanted to be relatable to her. I wanted to... Uh, also be vulnerable with her. I gave her my book, had her read it uh, so that we could talk about it. But what I did is what things parents can do is uh, find movies 
that they may like that they can relate to. One of the movies I watched with my granddaughter was Freaky Friday. Okay. I asked her, had you ever watched it? She said, no. I said, let's watch it together. She said, okay. And she's somebody who loves to stay on her phone. But I noticed as the movie started, she put her phone down because she could relate to it because you're talking about a mom and a daughter who trace places. And so then by the experiences in it, I started asking her questions and she asked me questions. So it became where we were talking to each other and we were relating. I asked, okay, what if this happened to you? And you became your mom because her mom is a nurse as well. I said, how would you handle that? Because now you've got to go to the hospital and you've got to take care of patients. I said, and your mom has to go to school. She says, I would just die right there. I, I just, I just <laughs> couldn't. And then you're like, why? And before you knew it, we had a conversation. We were talking about other things. There were another incident where uh, she likes uh, K-pop. Had never heard of K-pop whatsoever. Korean pop? Yes, never heard of it. And so she was on her phone and I says, what are you looking at? And she says, I'm looking at these groups. And I'm like, never seen those groups, never heard of them. BTS and them groups. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I got a (laughs) 13-year-old. Well, she told me, she says, I like this music and da-da-da-da-this. And, you know, she started telling me about it. I was asking her questions because I wanted to try to get on her level and, you know, get to know what she liked and everything. Fit into her world. Yeah. She started telling me about the music and what it was and everything. And then she made the comment, oh, but you wouldn't like it. So we were in the car together and she had her earbuds in listening at her music. And I said, hey, what you listening to? I said, you got a playlist? She says, oh, Nana, you're not going to want to listen at the playlist. I said, oh, what are you listening at? She said, my K-pop music. I said, well, let me ask you this. Is it like Beyonce and people like, she says, no, no. She says, it's not, so you're not going to like it. I says, i tell you what, let's hook it up to the car. Let's play what your playlist is. And, you know, she started playing it and I'm over there bopping up like, she says, you like this? I said, oh, yeah, I'm getting into it. I said, yeah, I like it. So the whole ride, we were talking about it. She was giving me information. I was telling her about my music. And we were just swapping up because when it would play, so I said, oh, that sounds like this. Let me find this on my playlist. And she go, oh, it does sound like that. So we were able, I was able to enjoy something that she liked. It was something that we could do together. And it just wasn't about me. It was about her. Right. So, you know, that's what we have to do. We have to connect with them and, you know, do some of the things that they like to do, not just what we like to do. Go to movies that they want to go to, because then you can, like I say, have those conversations and things that happen in the movie that happen in real life. You can relate it to them and get their opinion on it. You know, what do you think about it? How do you, how do you feel about that? What if that happened to you? Because she was asking me about a movie and she said that somebody had got raped. And I was like, well, if that happened to you, what would you do? What, you know, would you tell somebody? Right. That's a heavy question. Right. Because she said the person in the movie did not, you know, tell anybody about it or whatever. I said, well, would you? And she says, I don't know how it reacts. So we were able to talk about that and talk through, you know, what she should do, you know, why she should do it. Uh the help that she would probably need afterwards because of what it would do. She says, yeah, I would be, 
I would be really scared. I, I don't think I could go out anywhere. So we were able to talk about those feelings and you can gauge it. And that's what we need to do. We don't have those conversations. And then a lot of times we don't validate their feelings. We brush them off. They come to tell us something and we're not listening. We pick up one word or one sentence they said. Then we want to run with the response. Instead right. of we're all guilty of it. I've been guilty of it because, you know, I tell them, hey, what I used to do, they start talking. And in my mind, it's like, OK, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that response. I'm ready to give you that response. And I'm giving you a response to something that I shouldn't because I haven't really effectively listened at you. Right. I haven't actively listened. I haven't made a concerted effort to listen at how you're feeling, what you're saying, what your body language is. So then when I do give a response, I can't. And all the time, you know, they don't want advice. They just want to be heard. Right. Yeah. They want their feelings to be validated. Now, do you do just one-on-one uh, -on -one mother-daughter sessions or do you do group sessions as well? Right now, I'm doing one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, I do plan to move into group, uh, but right now it's just one-on-one. -on -one. What, what are some of the things uh, that you do to determine how far gone the relationship between the mother and daughter uh, really is? Before I even take somebody on, there's questions so that we know where they're at, what it is they want to achieve. Uh, and then we make the determination from that. Sometimes it'll cause tweaking my program a little bit to fit exactly their specific need. And that's why right now it's individual uh, because every mother has an individual need uh, with their daughter because everybody's daughter is different. They're unique. So you may be one place with your daughter and this person may be another. So it's easier right now just to do the one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, right. Some parents even prefer that their daughter is there with them. And then I have a workbook to give exercises for them to do, uh, different things to do with their daughters or, or things to think about that they can implement. Uh, you know, this week, I want you to initiate a conversation with your daughter, no matter what it is. And they have a guide that they can go by with different things that can help them initiate that conversation. And then when they come back the next week, we can talk about how it went. Uh, how did you know what were some obstacles they had? And then we can work through those so that then they can go back and try those things again. Have you thought uh at any point of expanding maybe to a father-daughter or fa uh, father-son relationships also? I've thought about doing it as uh, parents in general, because basically what you can use with your daughters, you can use the same things with your son. Because, of course, I have a son. He's sandwiched in the middle of my two daughters. Uh, I basically <laughs> did the same thing with him, you know. Um, and his wife told me one time, she says, your son really values what what you say because he she says, I'll say something and he'll go, hmm, I'm going to need to run that by my mama. And he will call <laughs> me, and ask me. He will call me and ask me things, you know. Um, but I love it. I value that. 
Uh, I value the relationship I have with them. There are times when all of us spend time together. And then there's times when they need their own individual time uh, to talk to me because it's like a one-on-one. They don't want the other siblings to know at that particular time. So you have to, even though, you know, you do family things together, your kids still need that individual time alone with you. Right. And we, we, as parents, we, we tend to forget that we tend to think just family time is enough. And it's really not to, to nurture them the way they should uh, be nurtured. You have to give them that one-on-one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, And it's really important uh, for us to be, to be vulnerable with them, the older they get, because a lot of times the experiences that they have, we have similar experiences or we've had them. And I think sometimes we want our kids to think we're perfect. We don't make mistakes. We know everything. When in fact, a lot of times, especially if you're a new parent, it's your first child, you're learning as you go. So, you know, being vulnerable, saying, hey, you know, I can relate to that. I understand how you feel. I was in a similar situation. Let me tell you what happened to me and how I probably could have handled it differently. You're not telling them what to do. You're just relating to them your experience and what you could have done differently. Some parents, you have that tendency to dictate. You want to tell them everything to do, but you have to allow them at some point to make some decisions on their own. Uh, My thing is, if I like to compromise, a lot of parents, I'm not going to compromise. I'm the parent and they're going to do what I say. Well, my thing is, if it's not going to cause them or anyone else harm, they'll be able to keep their values and their morals. Then why not compromise? One of the things with my my baby girl, she, when she went to the prom, she bought a purple dress. That's what she wanted, her purple dress. That was her favorite color. Okay. She wanted to dye her hair purple to go with it. Immediately in my mind, it's like, I cannot let you dye your hair purple. It, <laughs> I, I could So, you know, I started asking questions like, uh, have you thought about this and how it's going to look? And are we talking about a permanent color or are we talking a rinse? And she says, I think I want a permanent color. And so then I go, okay, have you thought about this? What if you dye it purple? And it doesn't really come out the way you think it's going to come out. Then what? Oh, I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. Well, I didn't want to tell her no. So I told her, I said, I tell you what, you think about it. Let's take a week. You think about it a week. Think about everything that could be right about it. Think everything that could be wrong about it. And I'm going to think about it for a week too. And then we're going to discuss it. She said, okay. Well, in my week, I was trying to find out and think about how I could convince her. To not get this hair color. Exactly. Right. And I was talking to one of my friends and she says, you know, you can get clip-ins. I said, what do you mean clip-ins? She says, go to the beauty supply store and you can get clip-ins where you can clip it in your hair. And it's purple. It doesn't have to stay. They can comb it and you won't even see the clips. I was like, you're joking. She says, no, I went, I found them. So I told her, I says, have an idea. I says, 
how about you put these purple clips in and let's see how that look and will you be okay with that? I say that way, if you don't like it, the clips will just come out or if you just want to wear it for that night. So she put them in her hair and she says, I'm just going to walk around with it. She said, because I may need some more because I only just bought a few. And so she says, okay. So she turns around and she says, after a couple of days, she says, you know what? I think I don't want to color my hair purple. She says, I think if I get maybe two or three more clips that I can just make it look like it's purple streaks through my hair and I'm going to be good with that. And I was like, are you sure? And in my mind, I'm like, please let her be sure. Please let her be sure. Get she that said, reverse psychology going. That's when them psych classes came in. Exactly. <laughs> it was her decision. You know. So a little, little coaching from mother. Exactly. Yeah. But I'd never say it. No, you're not going to do that. How dare you think I'm going to let you color it? Because now she's not going to come back to me. She may go off somewhere and get it colored purple and then come back just to spite me because I said, I don't want you to do it. It wasn't going to hurt anything, even if she did die. It wasn't. I mean, she might have been upset if it didn't come out right, but it was her choice. It was her decision. Oh, excuse me. Right. We, we went through those colors, too. Purple, pink, green, blue. <laughs> We we went through them all too. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, the burgundy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then I when it doesn't come out, it yeah, ends well, up a different color. Now, see, that's what happened to me. I had this color shade in my mind, but when I told the hairstylist when it came out, I was like, "That's not quite what I pictured." But then I was stuck with it. So right. that's when it was sort of like, oh, "I don't want you to have to go through that if you don't want to, because it's going to take some time if you're doing permanent colors." So. Yeah, we yeah, have. Yeah, we don't notice much of the lessons that we learn in life are just like the hair dye. They, exactly. if if you use the wrong things, it's gonna exactly. be a permanent scar. Yeah, and we're learning that now. We we were going to these right. uh, Aces classes together, and we're, yes. we're we're learning a lot there. Yeah, is any of that helping you in your practice? It is. It is. It's happening a lot because, you, you know, you're learning that a lot of things from your past is what really affects you in the future. Uh, same way with mothering. Uh, you usually will mother the way you were mothered unless you find out that it was something wrong with it. And a lot of times we're not willing. We think that if we say something was wrong with it, that we're saying that our parents were bad. It's not necessarily right. that, that everything was flawed the way we were raised. Right. Uh, and it's not necessarily everything was flawed. It was just, it was what it was, you know? And until we decide that it needs to be different and we're okay with that and not having to blame somebody, then I think it's better because nobody wants to say that their parents were bad. And it's not that they are bad. It's just right. that they are doing it from a place of what they know until they can find out something better. And it's so much easier to coach somebody on how to be proper, but it's harder to abide by those same rules. Now that it is, it's, it's almost like what's the saying, uh, do as I say, but not as I do. Right. Uh, 
Yeah, it, it can be difficult. And it's it's a journey. It's almost like being um, an alcoholic or a drug addict. You know, you first have to say that I am a drug addict or I am an alcoholic. Acknowledge it before you can actually get the help that you need, because now you're cognizant of what is going on in your life and what you're doing and how detrimental it could be. Um, and you know, it's a daily walk for them. It's the same way with us with ACEs because there are certain things that will still trigger you. Right. You just have to understand how to handle that trigger, that emotion uh, that you feel or whatever. And that's some things that is difficult when you're parenting because if you were yelled at all the time as a child, then more than likely you're going to yell at your child. And so, you know, now they're growing up yelling at other people. And sometimes that turns into anger. So you have to deal with that as well. So, Right. And it's a very hard thing to do because even if we don't notice it, we're passing most of those aces down to our children. Even if we're conscious enough to try to keep the aces, even the baddest aces away from them, Right, even the right. smallest ones will, are all eat through the cracks. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And like I say, it's a it's a daily walk. Every day you're trying to learn how to control your emotions, uh, how to handle them appropriately, so that the issues you have you don't pass down. And sometimes, you know, if you've got ten aces, you still may pass one or two down to your your kids. You know. Right. But the more we learn about it and the more we work at it, maybe we can stop it at some point in a couple of generations where we're not passing any down. Right. Now, what, what are some ways you learn to discipline yourself? Um, sometimes I just need to walk away. I, I need to acknowledge that I need to process what you just said. And then can we come back at a later time and discuss it? Uh, for me, it used to be, I just, I had to say what I had to say. I didn't care how you felt about it. It didn't matter with me. I was going to get it out. <laughs> you were going to know. And it didn't matter if it hurt your feelings. I really didn't care. I was just going to say what I had to say. And I had to realize that a lot of times when I did that, there were things I said that I wished I hadn't said, but I right. you regret it as soon as it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. And you already know that it's going to be some kind of repercussions to, to what I just said. Right. You know, there's always consequences for your actions. Most definitely. Most definitely. So I had to learn to realize, OK, if I feel myself getting upset or anger, then it's best for me to just say, hey. We're not going to solve anything here, you know, us yelling at one another or, you know, me getting upset and cursing you out or telling you off or whatever. I need time to process this. I need time to process it. And then can we talk about it later? And I even do that with my kids when they were little, younger. Uh, they would come to me with something and inside I was boiling and it was like, okay, uh, we can't talk about this right now. Um, I'm going to need some time to process all of this. And 
How about we talk about it later tonight or in the morning? What's going to be better for you? That's a very hard thing to do. It It is. It is. It, it is. And sometimes I'll start, but then I realize that when the person's coming back at me and when they're coming back at me from what I said, then it's like, okay, let's just stop this right now. Both think about it, calm down and then come back, you know, because it's getting a little out of hand. But yeah, it's, it takes a concerted effort. And like I say, sometimes you start it and then you realize it as you start it. And then I have to pull back. Right. Right. Now, have you seen or have in your years experience, have you gotten any mother daughter couples that you felt uh relationship is beyond repair? If I feel that way, I usually tell them you need to go seek counseling, professional counseling, um, because you're talking something that's going to be long term. And you really going to have to because a lot of times it's basically because neither one of them trust. There's a lack of trust in the relationship and it's going to take a while for them to repair it. There's things that they have to do individually as well as together. So it's my recommendation at that point, or if that's the reason why I like to do, uh, have them do a questionnaire and then we do like a consultation call so we can talk about those answers and everything and where they're at, what they're, what, what the mom is thinking and if they want the daughter involved at the time, what they're thinking. Uh, so I can make the determination, is this something that I can handle and work with you or do you really need to seek some professional help? Because I don't want to take on something and do more damage than good because I want you to have that relationship with your daughter. So if it takes them getting professional help, I have no problem then telling them, yeah. Find you a good counselor. Go through it. <laughs> you need to. Because all the time, that first one isn't going to be the one, you know. that right, Shop around. It's like shopping around for a car. you got to pick the one that fits you. Exactly. Exactly. And you'll know it. You'll feel it in your spirit. So, you know, yeah, I don't have a problem telling them that because there are some that come and it's like, ooh, uh, you gonna need some professional help. <laughs> now, what? Uh, why don't you tell us real quick what your message to the world is? If you can give one message that will reach everybody right now worldwide, what would that be? Communication is the key. You've got to be, you've got to have open, honest dialogue, especially with our children, your children, whether they are five years old or whether they're 20. Uh, they really need their parents. And I know a lot of times parents think that the older your child gets, the less they need you. They need you just as much when they're a teen and a young adult as they do when they are five or six. The only difference is they may need you a little more because you've got to maybe feed them, fix their food. And when you're older, you're a little bit more self-sufficient, but they need you in their lives. Even though they may act like they don't, they do. And we need to be there to guide them and be a source for them to come to so that they can get the information that they need accurately, uh, correctly. Instead of going out trying to find it, you know, from someone else who may not have their best interests at heart. Right. Would you agree that uh, there are 
different ways to communicate than just the oh, traditional yeah. sit in front of me so I can act like I'm scolding you. That lecturer type thing. Yeah, that right. dictatorship type. It has to be. I know people say that you cannot be friends with your kids, but I disagree. I think you can be a friendship and still be able to set that boundary where they know we are friends, but there is a limit because I am your mother. Uh, and I know sometimes, you know, like my daughter, my oldest daughter, there's times when we'll be talking and she'll start talking and I'll do like this. They know me now. I'm like, stop. We're crossing the line right now. I'm still the mother. You're the daughter. I realize you're an adult, but you're the daughter. I'm going to need you to back it up a little bit. <laughs> and she'll, she'll sit there and she'll go, oh, yeah. Because she'll sometimes say, well, you need to, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Don't pump need to tell me. Pump those Yeah, pump, pump the brakes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I think we need to, you know, talk to them like you talk to your friend. Um. Don't brush them off when they ask you a question. You just have to be able to communicate with them effectively at their age and for their maturity level. I mean, my oldest daughter at 10 years old came home and asked me a sex question. And it really it threw me off guard at 10. I'm glad and at seven I only got the uh, my, my seven year old just gave us the flat earth uh, question. So that one I'll take over the sex question. All day long. Yeah, it was a sex question. It was a doozy, and it caught me off guard. And, you know, you don't want to give that facial expression. And there was a time when my face told it all. So I turned around, and I was like, well, let me ask you, where did you hear about that from? And she was like, from some little girls at school, because they were older. She was uh, skipped a couple of grades um, because she was gifted. And so... Here she is, 10 years old, in a room with 13-year-olds who are talking about sex. And so I told her, I said, okay. I said, I can answer that. I said, but uh, let me think about how I can explain it to you where you would understand as a 10-year-old. And she said, okay. I said, give me a minute. I said, go ahead on and change your clothes. Put on your play clothes or whatever. I say, and I'm going to go in my room and I'm going to get out of my work clothes. And I say, by that time, I'll, I'll have a way that I can explain it to you. I went in my room, fell across my bed and was like, I don't know how I'm going to explain this to this 10-year-old. Well, after you stopped crying, how did you figure that out? Uh, being a nurse helped. Okay. And so I, I gave her the explanation. She had a couple of questions. And I just answered her, you know, I didn't feel as though I had to give her everything. I gave her what I felt would get her to what she needed to know, get her where she needed to be with, you know, knowing what it was and answer her questions. I didn't give her more information than she asked. You know, if she asked, well, is it blue? Yep, it's blue. Well, yeah, it's blue. But, you know, sometimes it could be green and then sometimes it could be red. Mm -mm. It's blue. And I think that's another thing. We think we have to give them all the information at one time. Uh, you sort of have to be like you're on a witness stand. Answer the question that they ask. That's it. Right. No more, no less. No, I jumped the gun. I I showed her what a blue waffle was. 
Don't don't Google that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know how to follow that up. Ten years old. Oof. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know. And my I, my philosophy is: if they're old enough to ask, they're old enough to know. Because right. if you don't give them the answer, they're gonna find it somewhere else. It was like and it's, they're days. getting younger and younger. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think about you know when I wanted to ask my my mom, you know, well, kids at school are talking about sex, and you know, what is it? Oh, you don't need to know. You're too young. You know that that's not something we need to talk about. Let's think about it. If somebody tells us something that we don't need to know at a young age, you want to know why you don't need to know about it. So now you're going to go look or you're going to ask somebody else who you think you can get the answer from. And it Curiosity may not be killed the cat. Right. And there's so many uh, pornography sites out there that'll show them and scare them because exactly. it's, it's too much. And there's way too much weird shit on there to just let them have free reign. Yeah. And I mean, at this point in society, you know, with social media, like you're saying, and the internet and everything, they'll Google it in a minute mm -hmm. and look at stuff. But it's not the it's not the appropriate way for them to find out certain things than if we can tell them and right. show them. So, yeah. Well, Thank you very much for uh, the information. It, it's it's paramount that we get these children uh, on the right path, and absolutely, communication is absolutely. the key. Absolutely. Uh, where where can the viewers find you if they need uh, advice on their uh, relationships with their children? Uh, they can find me. They can go to my website, uh, SandraGolden.com. Uh, they can even book a call with me uh, and we can talk about how I can help. Uh, they can purchase my book on that site. There is also where they can download a uh, free guide. Uh, it's eight proven methods to help them with communication. Um, they can follow me on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn, and they can DM me on any of those uh, platforms. There you go. She's she's super accessible. Yes. And yes. here's your 12-step guide to self-love. Make sure you get that. Do you do a podcast yourself? Nope, I don't. I don't. You ever thought about doing one? Thinking about it, thinking about we're, it. We're going we're gonna to talk. We're going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again, Ms. Golden, for Thank coming on. For it, it has been me. a really pleasure. I really appreciate it. Oh, the pleasure has been all mine. Let me. Uh, oh, oh, look! I, I wasn't keeping up with the uh, with the comments. I'm so sorry, there, uh, YouTube <laughs> land. Mother daughter bonds have been studied for years, mm -hmm. and the information. Uh, I it might be more there. They they don't give me everything on <laughs> on this little thing here. All right, thank you all for tuning in. These comments. Uh, are great for uh, <laughs> right. I, I don't have all. I I'm not sway. All right. See Kanye. Kanye said it 
like a couple weeks ago. He apologized because Sway has the answers. I don't. <laughs> I don't got the answers. I'm trying to learn them. So Sway, hit me up. I'm trying to learn those answers. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. Sandra, give me one minute. Let me close this out. Okay. See you in a second. There you have it. I never lie. I tell you every week we're going to have a great guest for you. We're going to have information out the wazoo for you to take home and for you to use. The only thing that you have to do is tune in every Friday. We're going to have these guests for you. We're going to have the information for you. It's going to be here. It's going to be accessible. And it's going to only be on Talking Junk Network. And remember... Communication is key, so let them talk they junk.